The second reading tonight is from Galatians 1, uh, 1 to 10, and you can find that on page 1218 in your few Bibles. Paul, an apostle, sent not from man nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers with me, to the churches in Galatia. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself to, for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God, or am I trying to please men? If I was still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Well, let's pray. Our Father, as we've sung, we pray that you would reveal your glory through the preaching of your word. We pray that you would show us Christ, that you would help us to see him clearly, to see the message that he proclaimed and that he has given to his servant Paul. Our God, we pray that we would hold on firmly to this message that we would not give it up for something false. In Jesus' name, amen. There are some painful moments that tragically are a part of being a Christian. I wonder if you've had uh, a similar broken heart to what I've had. Someone close to me over the last 10 years or so has walked away from Jesus. He read books that that promised him a life of earthly significance if he trusted in Jesus and tried hard. He promised that his dreams would come true. He would be happy and successful. Trust in Jesus. Follow these steps and all would be right with his world never happened. He was never satisfied with his life. Romantic relationships haven't worked out. He's struggled with mental illness. Despite his talent in a certain area, he's never been able to, to break into, a certain, into that area to work. Life is hard for him, but he'd been promised that it would all work out. He did everything that he was told to do by so-called Christian teachers and he was left bitterly 
disappointed. And so for years he turned away from God. He decided that God didn't work. Even if God did exist, he wasn't doing what the preachers promised. And so he gave up. Life just didn't match up to his expectations. False gospels are attractive at first. It's nice to hear that life will all work out well for us. That God is eager to help us to succeed in our plans. That he wants us to experience breakthrough and prosperity. To experience self-assurance. It's a nice message. It makes you feel good for a moment, doesn't it? And the people who preach this stuff seem to know what they're talking about. You know those televangelists, you've seen them, haven't you? You've seen them on TV, they've got the houses, they've got the jets, they've got the books with their faces on them, their beautiful smiles, nice white teeth. But their lies are hollow. Their promises are hollow, rather. Lies uh, with a few Bible verses thrown in out of context. They look so trustworthy, but they lead people to destruction. To trust them is to be like Snow White, accepting that beautiful apple from that kind-looking old lady, only to discover that that apple is full of poison and the kind old lady is really the evil queen bent on your destruction. Unfortunately, there's many false gospels out there and we need to be careful who we listen to. We need to know the truth. The person close to me didn't know the truth and the lie that he believed didn't match up to his reality. We need to know the truth. In Galatians 1, 1 to 10, Paul says that he preaches the absolutely true, authentic gospel from God. And so we should listen to him. And Paul shows us that we can know that his message is authentic. In verses 1 to 5, we see the man and his message. And then in verses 6 to 10, Paul demonstrates the lure of the lie. Paul wants us to be absolutely convinced that he is the one preaching the truth. His gospel brings life, unlike those false teachers who bring death. To convince us that his gospel is the true gospel, he begins to talk about himself. And so let's have a look at the man in verse 1. Now, poison is spreading through the church in Galatia. False teachers are leading them astray. They're telling uh, the church that Paul lied to them. He hasn't given them the whole, the whole truth. They're saying he hasn't told them the hard bits yet. Now, you could almost understand the church's confusion, couldn't you? Here are people that have come from Jerusalem, where the leaders of the church are, and they start preaching something different to what Paul said when he came. And these guys are saying that the apostles in Jerusalem are preaching the same thing. They're bringing their message. And so if it's between Paul and, and these guys over here from Jerusalem, surely it's reasonable to listen to these people from Jerusalem, isn't it? Who's, who's telling the truth? How can you know? Now, at first their confusion is understandable, but not when you really 
think about it when you read what actually happened. Have a look at verse 1. How does Paul describe himself there? He describes himself as an apostle. He doesn't just have a message. He's not just any messenger. He's been sent by the risen Lord, Jesus Christ himself, and by God the Father who raised him from the dead. Now, I know, some of you are saying, yeah, yeah, fair enough. If Paul's been sent by Jesus and by the Father, that, that, that means that his message is true. We get that. How could the Galatians know that that was the case, though? I know, that's what you're saying to yourself. But if you have your Bibles, have a quick flick to Acts 14. This is the story of when Paul came to Galatia. When he came to them, God got out the megaphone to shout, Here is my apostle. Acts 14, Paul and Barnabas come to the city of Iconium, which is in the region of Galatia. And verse 3 says that the Lord confirmed the message of his grace by enabling signs and wonders. The Galatian church should have known better. They saw what Paul did. They should have known that he was a messenger from God, that he brought the truth. These words of Paul aren't just his imagination. That He comes with a message from God himself, the God who even has power over death, who raised his son Jesus to life again. No one else's credentials can match up to that. It doesn't matter if these guys are from Jerusalem. Paul has a message from the living God who has raised his son to life. So in this contest of who's telling the truth, this first sentence should be the answer. Paul is an apostle and God confirmed it with miracles. The Galatians had forgotten the true gospel. They had forgotten what Paul preached to them. And Paul says, in this contest, this contest of, of who's telling the truth, put your money on his gospel. His words are Jesus' words. They're God's words. They're true. Almost 2,000 years ago, people were trying to drive a wedge between what Jesus said and what Paul said. And the same is true today. Even now, people accuse Paul of distorting the message of Jesus. They say Jesus came as a nice messenger, preaching a message of, of peace to the world. And that Paul came along and changed the message. He made up this stuff about Jesus being the Christ and the only way to God. And people believe those lies. It's a fairly convenient lie to believe, really. But I hope that you don't believe that lie. Paul was an apostle of the risen Christ. He brought the very words of Jesus, our risen King, to Galatia. He, he brought the truth. And so if we reject his words, we're rejecting the one he represented. There is only one true, authentic gospel and Paul, an apostle, preached 
that gospel. And so we should listen to him. Now that's the man. Paul is an apostle from God with God's message. But what is his message? What is this authentic gospel that he's come to bring? Have a look at verses 3 to 5. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen. Now Paul says at least three things about the gospel here. First, he says the Galatians were trapped in the present evil age. They'd been created to worship God and instead they were following idols. Instead of knowing him, living for him, they were ignorant of him. They did what God had forbidden. They didn't do what God had commanded. And even though that way of life actually brought death, still they did it. They kept following their idols. They were trapped. And it's just like that for us, isn't it? We all face this problem. We're all like the Galatians. We're we're trapped being God's enemies instead of being his treasured possession like we were created to be. We wanted to follow our idols. We wanted to search after more money. We wanted to have everyone really like us, to, to be popular. We wanted to spend our money all on ourselves and our own desires and our own entertainment because life is all about us. All without a single thought for God and for his glory. We loved living that way even though it brought death, even though it never satisfied. We loved it. Jesus said in John 3 verse 19, This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men loved the darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. We were guilty. God is the everlasting God and we were at war with him. We'd spat in the face of the one who gives us every breath. Can you imagine what would happen if you spat even in the direction of a police officer? What would happen if you spat on the Queen? Every day we spit in the face of God, the one who created us. Every time we puny creatures decide that we can live for ourselves, that we can ignore him, we spit in his face. And what do you think we deserve? We deserve judgment, just like the Galatians did. So first, Paul says that we were trapped in the present evil age. But second, there is a rescue from sin. But can God just sweep our sin under the carpet? It's what seems to happen in the US, especially when the president is coming to the end of their term. Uh, Bill Clinton, I don't know if you know this, during his time as president, he pardoned 450 people from prison. 140 of those were on his very last day as president. Just imagine that announcement. Now, these pardons can often be controversial, as you can imagine. All of a sudden, a convicted criminal is no longer paying the the price for the crime that they've done. But in God's 
grace. Instead of just pardoning the Galatians, Jesus took the penalty himself. He rescued them. Have a look again at verses 3 and 4. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age. He gave himself for them by dying on the cross. He took on their sin and their punishment. This is the grace of God. It's Jesus' death that brought them peace. But this isn't just good news for the Galatians. We've been offered the same wonderful solution. We were guilty just like the Galatians were guilty. The sentence was death and Jesus paid it. Our sin hasn't been swept under the carpet as if it wasn't of as if it didn't matter. True justice has been done on Jesus. And yet we go free. Third, have you did you notice that this is by the will of the Father? Jesus hasn't just done this of his own bat and then and then twisted the arm of the Father to, to get him to forgive us because he's done it all anyway. No, it was the Father who actually came up with this idea. It was according to his will that Jesus came. One of the glories of the Gospel is that the triune God, Father, Son, Spirit, are all involved in the saving of people. From the beginning, God planned to save the Galatians. And if you're a Christian, then from the beginning, God planned to save you. The true gospel is about the triune God through the death of Jesus rescuing sinners like you and me. How can we know the true gospel? By listening to Paul. He is the vindicated apostle. God showed that what he preached was true and his message is all about salvation by the death of Jesus. So trust him. Trust his words. Trust this man. And his message. It's the only true and authentic gospel, but the tragedy is the Galatians weren't satisfied with it. And so in verses 6 to 10, we see the lure of the lie. False teachers have come in saying that Paul didn't tell the complete story. Teachers acknowledge that, you know, you need to have faith in Jesus. But you also need to do things yourself, they said. According to them, you needed to believe in Jesus plus be a devout Jew to be saved. And Paul is utterly astonished. He doesn't take the time to give thanks for them like he does in other letters. What he has to say is urgent because the people in Galatia are deserting the God who saved them. They've turned to a perverted gospel, which is no gospel at all. It's not good news. It can't save. It's by faith and faith alone that we're saved. Not faith plus becoming a Jew, faith plus being a good person, faith plus speaking in tongues, or faith plus anything else, only by faith and faith alone. This letter is urgent. These Galatians have been deceived. They're giving up on the only true gospel, and they have exchanged it for one that's powerless, that can't save, that can't bring life, that only brings death. When you understand the stakes involved, 
you can appreciate Paul's reaction in verses 8 and 9, can't you? Even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. Eternally condemned. Those are chilling words, aren't they? Paul is saying that these false teachers, these guys who have come from Jerusalem, they should go to hell. They should suffer for an eternity because of the message that they bring. You might remember the story of Bell Gibson, who was exposed as a fraud early last year. She claimed to have terminal brain cancer, which she had beaten not not by conventional medicine, but by eating a healthy diet. Through her story, she managed to get a book deal to uh, have a cookbook. Her app was uh, the runner-up for the best iPhone app in 2013. She'd been interviewed by Cosmopolitan and Elle magazines who described her as fun and fearless. When she was revealed to be a liar... There was outrage. How many people, because of her, because of her story, how many people had decided not to treat their cancer with medicine? How many people instead were trying to beat their cancer by eating, a, eating healthily? The public outcry was justifiable, not only because she was a liar, but because her lies put so many people at risk. Her story wasn't genuine and yet others were staking their lives on it. People might have died because of her lie. But as bad as it was, her deception was nothing compared uh, to these false teachers. She risked the lives of of some sick people and that, that is horrible. Her lie was costly. But the lie of these false teachers was costing the Galatians their eternal life. As they turned from the truth to a lie, they would lose everything that they had gained in Christ. Forgiveness, assurance, everything. There are similar false teachers today, adding to the gospel making it powerless because you can't add something to the gospel without taking something away first. And what always gets taken away is the ability of Jesus' death to take care of all of our sins and make us right with God. It always happens. Every time, whenever you add, that gets taken out. I could talk about Jehovah's Witnesses or or Mormons or Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism... I won't focus on them except to say that they present a different gospel. Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons, they both proclaim Jesus plus. Jesus plus good works. Jesus plus trying hard. Trying to be good enough for God. They're Jesus plus because they're also Jesus minus. They don't understand who Jesus is. They don't understand that Jesus is the second person of the Trinity that he is the creator God who became man. And so because of those things, his death can completely forgive us of our sin. Now, Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, on the other hand, don't even really need Jesus. Now, sure, Islam uh, claims Jesus as a prophet, 
But when it comes to being saved, you're on your own. Do it all yourself. They aren't even Jesus plus. Jesus doesn't even feature. But there are plenty of other false gospels out there that are more subtle. These are gospels that that make God out to be a genie who gives us whatever we want, whatever we pray for. Gospels where Jesus' death wasn't so much about saving us from our sin, but actually a way so that we can get good things in this life. Or Gospels that promise us sinless perfection in this life. These false Gospels lure people away from the truth and eternal life because they put all the responsibility on us and our godliness for blessing. But God actually promises life and blessing and peace in spite of our sin because of what Jesus has done. Be wary of the books you read. I got a a catalogue from a Christian uh, bookstore this week and there's a few books out there that should not be sold by a Christian bookstore. Listen to this blurb. Uh, on uh, Joel Osteen's book, The Power of I Am. I am. What follows these two words when you speak about yourself will shape the course of your life. Best-selling author Joel Osteen offers insightful advice, encouragement and a list of I am's to declare every day to help you prosper with self-assurance and success. Joel Osteen is a false teacher. He does not teach the truth about God or his plans for you. This is 21st century Western materialism wrapped up in Christianish language. It's not fun to say this. I don't want to say this, but people like this are dangerous and so you need to know. The person close to me left Jesus because of men like this. Don't let it happen to you. Don't listen to people like Joel Osteen because the Bible does not declare that God wants you to prosper in this life. It isn't worried about your self-assurance or your success. God wants you to be assured in his love for you through Jesus. Health and wealth isn't what God promises you in this life. Austin is so positive about this life, so positive about people. Now, the Bible has a positive element to it, absolutely. Christians are held up as holy, as righteous in God's sight because of Christ. But it's also, it it counterbalances, it says that we're still sinners in this life. And that we still need forgiveness. One reviewer of Austin's book says this, This is not what our world needs. This is not what our God is offering. This is graceless, hopeless, truthless and fruitless. If this is indicative of what this man teaches, then keep your distance. Keep your distance from Joel Austin. He is a false teacher. Now, the same can be said of Joseph Prince and Joyce Meyer. They have the same issues 
as Joel Osteen. They're completely focused on this life, so positive about this life that the life to come is basically ignored, that the realities of this life are ignored in that we're sinners or that we're going to suffer. Don't listen to them. They will take you away from the truth of Christ. Be careful. Now, those are some false gospels that other people try to tempt us with. They come from the outside. But for some of us, it's not the lie out there that is the issue. But it's the lie that's in here, that comes from our heart. Now, for those of us who identify as Presbyterian, that might not be all of you. I like to identify as Presbyterian. Uh, Something that Presbyterians love, that we almost pride ourselves on, if I can dare use that word, is our commitment to the truth found in the Bible. But how often do we actually preach the truth to ourselves? And how often do we actually preach the lie? I wonder how many of you, even this week, have felt that guilt because you've woken up and you decided to sleep in that little bit extra instead of get up and read the Bible and pray. How many of you have felt that guilt this week? Has that guilt made you feel as if God doesn't love you as much as he did the day before when you did get up? Is that what was going on in your head? Feeling a bit of condemnation from God? How dare you not get up? Or maybe you did do it, and maybe you did it really well. Maybe it was a a great time of prayer and of Bible reading, and you felt such joy, and you felt as if God really loved you all the more because of it. That's not the gospel, is it? You were trapped. He sent his son to rescue you. He has shown his love. It doesn't depend on you. You can't get any closer to God than you are now, than when God accepts you because of what Christ has done for you. You can't get closer. God's spirit lives in you. You can't get closer. Jesus came to rescue you when you were his enemy. He's not pushing you away because you didn't read the Bible. He's not bringing you in closer because you did read the Bible. Preach the gospel to yourself. Don't believe that false gospel that we preach which tells us that it's about what we do instead of what Christ has already done. But, if you want to make sure you're not lured away by the lie, you do need to make sure that you know the truth, don't you? And know it really well. So you should read the Bible. And not just read it, you should study it. Pour over Galatians, pour over Romans and see what Paul says about the Gospel. What does he say about what people are like before they trust in Jesus? What does Paul say is the gospel? What blessings flow from the gospel? What is God's plan for you and and for his church and for the world? And how does it actually line up with your plans? Have a look at the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the story of Jesus and his life. See what Jesus himself says is there. Any contradiction between what Jesus says and what Paul says, find out for yourself. Compare them. What do they say? 
Know the truth so you can spot the lie. Both the lie that's coming from out there and the lie that is in here. False gospels can sound good and they have elements of truth in them, often. But in the end, they lead people to death. People abandon the true gospel because of them and so they give up life and peace with God. If you want to know the truth, listen to Paul. He speaks the very words of Christ, so study his words, know the truth, protect yourself from those lies. Paul is an apostle sent with the message of forgiveness through the death of Christ. Trust in that message and beware the lure of the lie. Because Paul is a preacher of the true gospel. He spoke the truth. And so listen to him. Let's pray. Our God, we praise you that you did send Paul as a messenger and that you did confirm his words by signs and wonders. We thank you that his message is so wonderful, uh, that Christ has done it all for us, that though we were in our sin, though we were trapped by it, you sent your son to rescue us. Please help us trust in him, trust in Christ, trust in uh, the message about him. Help us not to be lured away by those who would uh, steal our joy and our confidence. Please, our God, help us to preach the truth to ourselves and uh, combat the lie. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen.